0: headquarters of Ramsey Solutions. This is The Ramsey Show. It's where we help you win in your life. Winning in your money, winning in your work, and winning in your relationships is the formula. I'm Ken Coleman. George Campbell joins me this hour. The phone number to jump in is 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. Let's stay right here in our neck of the woods, George. Nashville, Tennessee is where Megan awaits. Megan, how can we help?
1: Hi, how are you guys?
0: We're having a blast. How are you today?
1: Good, good. I have a question about some properties um, that we own and just kind of looking for advice on, I think, whether to keep or to try to sell and, and get rid of them. Okay. Um, so my husband and I have moved around a little bit, and so um, we currently will be up to three houses now. Um, and as we've moved, we we've, you know renting out to like a long-term rental here. And um, I guess I'm just kind of thinking, you know, we, we didn't pay for any of these, I guess, investment properties with cash. And so we do still have mortgage, you know, so now we have three mortgages and I'm wondering, you know, is it better to keep them and just continue to have renters, you know, pay our mortgage for us um, or to, or is it, you know, causing us more harm, you know? As How many of the three
0: are, are all three of these out of state?
1: Yeah, so we we lived in Georgia and Tennessee, so we have houses there, um, and then moving to New York now, so that would be oh, our uh, our last stop. Yeah, so um, we're we're getting ready to leave this Tennessee house, um, and I I think as we're going to like list it and rent it, I'm thinking to myself, is this a good idea? No. Should we? All you right, know? <laughs> so let's do
0: this real quick. Tell me how much you owe on the Georgia house and what it, you think you could sell it for. Give me the first part. What? How much do you owe? On yeah,
1: it? yeah. So that's the thing. All three of the, or I guess the two that we would want to sell. Um, I don't think we would, you know, with the with the you know cost to sell them. I don't really think we would. So you have very really little equity. You break even. Or, yeah. So break yeah, even on right, Georgia so. and Tennessee. It, it, I think we'd break even on Georgia. If that on Tennessee, we may owe a little bit because um, okay. we did kind of move here.
0: And what's New York? So. What, what kind of house are we getting in New York?
1: Well, so that one, uh, that's more of a forever home, so that one's a bit a bit bigger, um, and we, we plan to stay there and not, you know, rent that one out, so that one we definitely want to keep. So you um, already have a really property
2: have... in New York?
1: We're, we're closing on it, yeah. And that's your third um, property? Just haven't moved in yet.
2: Yeah. But it's correct. not a rental. That will be your primary residence going forward? Correct. Okay. This is
0: a no-brainer to me, George.
2: Yeah, I'm selling both of these. Number one... Okay. It's, it's never wise to be a, a long-distance landlord. And the way we look at it is, you live in New York, would you go out and buy a property in Georgia?
1: Right, no, and so we do actually have a property manager um, for our house in Georgia that we pay about 300 a month, I think.
2: Well, I'm guessing um, because you have no equity, this thing is barely cash-flowing, if it is at all, after all of your expenses.
1: Uh, So the first, the house in Georgia is actually technically two properties. There's like a cottage house in the back. And so we do kind of have a bonus there. The first year um, or one year, we were actually profiting about 600 a month on it, just with the two um, incomes. Since then, we did lower one of the rents. And so it's about 300 a month that we are I, I guess you could say profiting, but I know... No, you know, no we, chance. We I could go work part-time and make
2: 300 bucks a month. Yeah, it's, it's I, I don't think this is worth it for it's your terrible. sanity, your time, or the money. And so for those reasons, I'm out. I'm going to sell both of these and just start fresh in New York. And I'm guessing you got a big mortgage on this New York house?
1: We do, yeah. How much? Yeah, it was about 500
2: And what do you guys make a year? Not Let's say we sold uh, these condos. What's your actual income going to be in New York?
1: Yeah, uh, take home about... 120.
2: Okay. I mean, even even that feels tight just covering the New York
0: mortgage. That feels really tight.
1: Yeah. um, I think that was just kind of the decision to not want to, you know, we've moved so many times. We don't want to move again and we wanted to find the forever home. Um, You don't have to find the forever
0: home in the forever place.
1: Right. What are you guys putting
2: down on this New York property? What's the down payment?
1: Um, About one. 100k.
2: Okay, so it's a six hundred thousand property. Put down a hundred. You took on the five hundred mortgage. What is your? What's the mortgage compared to your monthly take home pay?
1: So the mortgage is about, yes, about forty percent.
2: Goodness.
0: You guys like being stressed, huh? When it comes to houses and mortgages, you guys love it.
1: Yeah, I guess so. I mean, in in the moment. You know, buying the first two, it seemed like we were living there, so it didn't. It didn't sound like we were trying to buy an, you know, an investment property. We were just kind of living in it. And then when we moved from the first one, our the mortgage was paid, and it was as if we didn't even. I mean, not fully know it was there. We of course knew it was there, so it didn't. But you seem guys like are working lot.
2: really hard with not much to show for it. You're making six figures. You're running all these properties, and you still have a mortgage payment that's forty percent of your take home pay, and you still got to live your life. And you got to pay off. You're going to lose
0: money on the Tennessee house. You're going to have to pay something. You got to come out of pocket. Where's that Do you have any cash? money in
1: savings? What was that? I'm sorry.
2: Do you have money in savings?
1: We do. Yeah. How much? About 30.
2: Okay. Well, I'm going to use that money to cover the difference if needed when you're selling these places. And then I'm going to restart the baby steps, which means pay off all consumer debt. Do you have any consumer debt mm-hmm. outside of mortgages?
1: We don't know. Just finished paying off my student loans. Oh, good
2: for you. So whatever you guys need after you sort the the dust settles on this, you're going to build up a three to six month emergency fund, then begin investing 15%. Whatever money's left over, which it doesn't sound like there will be much, we'd throw at the house to get this mortgage paid off early. Okay.
1: And so I guess my question would be... So you would say sell the houses immediately, or try to hold on to them until we can break even? No, um, I don't. I or, don't know. If yeah, there's going to be a day and time
2: you break even. I'm going to sell them now. Yes. and cut my losses and consider it a stupid tax.
3: Okay. And get your income
0: right.
2: up. If you're gonna if
0: you're gonna sign up for forty percent of your your take home for a house, you're gonna be house poor. And this is on a thirty year. I imagine. A third year, yeah. Oh man, you guys better start making some money now. I'm gonna tell you something you don't want to hear, Megan, but if it were me, I would rent. I would rent for a year or two, clean up this mess, get a bigger down payment, uh, be able to increase our income. And I would say we're we are planting roots in New York. Great, but we do not have to buy the dream home or the forever home right now. I would wait. Gotcha. Okay. I just don't want to buy a house, George. And then be like, <gasps> every month, just, are we going to make it? Well, the know? forever
2: home Ugh. turns into uh, forever stress because it's hard to keep up when you're making 40% payments toward that mortgage. And you only have this much left to live your life, especially in a high cost of living area like New York. So I wish you guys the best. I think you're, you're on the path. If you sell these and cover the difference with the emergency fund, then stock it back up and start investing. But I think you'll be hard-pressed to invest 15% while having anything extra to throw to the mortgage while living your life. Yeah. So at this point, now you have to out-earn your decision. Let's get that income up. That's the solution here. Mm.
0: That's not always fun either. So anyway, thanks for the call, Megan. Hoping the best for you. Really appreciate it. All right. We got to do a quick break. We'll be right back. This is The Ramsey Show.
1: Hey, guys. It's Rachel. You've heard me talk about Christian Healthcare Ministries, a health cost-sharing ministry but I want you to hear from one of their members. Abby racked up a lot of doctor bills with a recent pregnancy, but she said CHM shared all of her eligible pregnancy-related medical expenses and their staff was consistently attentive, helpful, and considerate. That's Abby's CHM story, and it could be yours. Learn more and join chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget.
0: Welcome back to the Ramsey Show. So thrilled to have you with us, America. I'm Ken Coleman. George Campbell joins me. The phone number is 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. How you feeling, George? Did you get caffeinated earlier? I'm alive. I'm still fading, Ken. You need but another cold brew? I think that'll be too much caffeine for my little body. Yeah, I think you'll start shaking. All right, you ready to take another call? Let's do it. Who do we got? We got Josh in Los Angeles, California. Josh, how can we help?
3: Hey, how's it going? Thanks for taking my call. You bet. What's happening? Um, so, well, it's raining, so that's weird, but that's not what I'm calling. All right. I'm calling because uh, I have two cars. I have an electric Fiat, and I have a Jaguar, and I want to sell them both and get a Rivian. And so my question is, do I use the money that I sold both of them for to buy the Rivian in cash? Or do I put that money in my Robinhood account, which is earning 5.25% interest, and then I have some more money in there, and then use the interest being paid to lease it so I can like hold on to my principal?
0: All right. Is this a legit call, or is this one of those, hey, I've been listening to this show, and I think I'm going to stump George and Ken?
3: I got to know. No, it's a real car. It's a real call. How old are you? Oh, real call, yeah. Hey. Oh, 43.
2: And what do you make a year? uh making 380
3: wow what I do you which, do for okay. a living uh i'm a tv producer
0: oh uh-huh. very nice. nice any shows that george
3: watches yeah
0: i kid we don't uh
3: i just i've done fear factor um back Heck in the yeah. day i did deadliest catch oh yeah nice. i used to
0: watch deadliest catch you wouldn't think about it that looking at me but i thought it was a fun show i really did and fear factor
2: that was a fun one. The yep. pig, the pig
0: intestines. I used to
2: test all the stuff. Did
0: you? Did oh, you, you eat
3: the pig intestines? Yeah, pig intestines actually weren't the worst thing that I've eaten. But yes. Wow. I did the pig intestines. The worst was probably uh, I had to eat a rat for our hundredth episode in oh. New York.
0: I, Josh, your commitment to excellence is 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 second to none. I, I applaud you, sir. <laughs> Respect. All right, so let's get to the numbers. I
3: well, I
2: know, but that people want to hear this. George. Ken got distracted by the pig intestines.
0: Everything to you is a calculator. I just need to get to know these people. All right, would you just relax? America wants to know this. This is a man who ate a rat once. All right. Now, now, Josh, is my, wait.
3: Is my question absurd? Is that why you think I'm yes. a fake
0: caller? Yes, I'll tell you why it's absurd. Oh. Here's why it's okay, absurd. Okay, please tell me. You make a lot of money. And I'm guessing you have some equity in these other two cars? Uh, they're paid for. They're paid for. So why in the world would you lease a car with earned interest from your Robinhood account when you've got the money to just buy the car you want? This Rivian's expensive. It's about a ninety dollars to $100,000 car, isn't it? Uh, I was going to get a used one for
3: sixty-five Great. Because I, I don't want to spend money on a new car.
0: You're brilliant, Josh. I just don't know what the angle is as to why you think this is a good money play you seem like a very intelligent guy, the rat withstanding. Uh, it, <laughs> why would you want to lease the car? What's the what's the benefit? Well,
3: well, my thought is that I have this money, so I have like 180000 in my Robin Hoods earning like $1,000 a month, and then I can just use that $1,000 a month to pay for the car, and then in three years, I still have my 200000 sitting there as opposed to spending sixty five of that to buy the Rivian, and then... In three years, who knows what that thing's going
0: to be worth? Yeah, right. George, you've heard this before.
2: Well, the problem with leasing is that you won't own anything at the end of that. And so you're just going to trade, you're going to sell these cars and just get on a life of payments. And this this amount of Uh, money, it's a small part of your world. Even if you paid cash for this thing, you still have six figures sitting in savings that can work for you instead of bleeding out to a, a lender every month to make them rich. Because all you're doing with leasing okay. is you're prepaying the depreciation on that car.
3: That's the key. What point. about getting a loan for the car and paying for it that way? Then that's I'm just still sli- that's that just that slightly
2: way. less dumb, but still dumb to the nth degree. Why? I, it sounds mm-hmm. like you're just wanting to leverage debt for your whole life, and you're too successful to play that game. That's a game for broke people. Okay. You, your greatest wealth building tool right now is your income making 380000 And if you cannot give any of that money to lenders, you're going to be so unbelievably wealthy and you're going to make very different choices when it comes to the things that you spend money on. Because when you get a loan, you go, well, I'll get the new one then. Who cares? The payment's low compared yeah. to my income. And that's how people end up giving away a large portion of their wealth over a long period of time. So instead, take what okay. you would have put in a lease and add that to your investment accounts and to your savings. Yeah, but you're also assuming
0: here that there's no risk with the Robinhood account. There's like nothing could go wrong. Well, and I mean, let's just and play this out.
2: savings rates are at all time highs. You know that, Josh. And they're probably yep. going to go down over the next few years as things cool off. And so there's an assumption that I'm always going to be making enough or making enough to make the spread worth it. And it's just too much brain calories burned, too much stress. I think the peace of mind of just owning it free and clear is going to make your life better.
3: Okay. Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. I didn't realize, I, I didn't think about that interest rate going down at, um, but 100. percent Well, and just the emotion yeah. of
2: it, just the peace of mind. I found that you could outmath me all day, Josh. You're a very smart, dude, and on That's paper right. you could win. That's I've exactly rat,
3: right. So I'm not that smart.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it was for your job. So again, uh, very impressive. You're very bright.
2: You know what? 380 grand. I, I might eat a rat.
3: I don't think I would. So <laughs> it was was it cooked?
2: That
0: makes uh, a difference yeah.
3: to you. Back then, no, for it the the record, does. I'm only making five hundred dollars a week, so I, I think the making, psychological yeah,
0: really, part of eating that. a rat doesn't matter whether it's raw. or cooked. I just feel
2: like Dr. John Deloney would eat a rat.
0: He would, but he's nuts. That's, That's a fair. whole
2: separate deal. That's a good point.
0: Uh, but but Josh, here's the thing. I want to I want to wrap this up because George is right on paper. Because there are people watching and listening to this. A lot of people. They're like, oh, Josh got it. Listen, on paper, you can make this case. But most people can only make the case on paper and they can't live it out. So they start leasing. Then they go, oh, I'm going to make debt work for me. And all these influencers on social media tell you, oh, you know, you guys, you can make debt work. And most people can't. And if you think that it's our opinion, just look at the sheer numbers. And so that's why we're kind of preaching this. It's it's a philosophy that in the long run wins in the numbers big time. So- I really appreciate your okay. great sport. Um, and George, this is a call that we get. I mean, this this I feel like this call happens once a month. Yeah. Well, so Somebody goes, well, I can leverage debt, and I can get this, and I can do this. And I did my
2: attempt at you know talking about these fleeces, and I made a video called Why Car Leasing is Stupid on my YouTube channel about eight months ago. So, Josh, go search for Why Car Leasing is Stupid on YouTube. You'll find my video there. Just give it a watch. It's less than 10 minutes. It's entertaining, and I go through the actual mathematics of – why leasing a car is so dumb. I also did my biggest video ever, Ken. It's almost at a million views now, is the number one wealth killer. And it was all about car loans. And people were actually getting it after the video going, oh, my
0: gosh. So the comments are- I regret are, uh, the car payment. Yeah. I regret
2: the lease. Never again. Yeah.
0: I, and, and well done, well done, sir. Two shameless plugs for your uh, YouTube channel.
2: I'm I, I'm trying to give people a next step because we can't cover this all in a radio call.
0: Oh yeah, I got no problem with it. I'm just saying it was beautiful. It was, Thank you. You're a giver. I mean, you just drop that in there.
2: I just remembered. I was like, I think I covered this on a video recently. Yeah. Went in depth on on the right. car lease.
0: But I thought you made a really good point here: is that you can win an argument on paper that doesn't necessarily play out in real life,
2: and it rarely does. And I want to give Josh a gift because I had fun talking with him. I'm going to send you a copy of my book, Breaking Free from Broke. I want you to read, I believe it's chapter five on car loans because I break all of this down. I cover all of the objections and I tell people what to do instead. And uh, dude, you were so successful. You just truly don't need debt in your life ever.
0: Yeah. Good for you. You got the two cards. By the way, Josh, if Fear Factor makes a comeback, George and I would both like to audition.
2: I might regret that. Are you is like a Fear Factor Jr. where like Ken eats tofu. Well, I think the thing with Fear Factor is you can jump into the competition and if, they, if it gets to be too much, you go home out. Yeah, but you're a competitive man. I feel like you're going to see it through. I've seen you on the pickleball court.
0: I am a competitor and you put me in a situation like that. I feel like I hold my nose. But I will tell you, as much as I'm talking trash right now,
2: I don't think I could eat
0: a rat. I think that's probably too much for me. I'm glad I, you I have some like
2: sort of standards and limits for your life.
0: Bugs. I used to watch Survivor. You know, I watch Alone on Netflix. You know, all these things that I would never do, but I really am enthralled by them. I don't think I could chew on a rat. I think I'd have a hard time getting that down. But it's a chewy
2: meat, don't you think? I think we're off the air at this point, is what I think. We are not. Nobody wants these to These are this. the
0: questions America wants to wrestle with. Can't always be about money, George. All right, don't move. Got a debt-free scream coming up next. This is The Ramsey Show.
4: Hey, listen up. When we invest, most of us have no idea where our money is going. But the reality is your investments could be funding social and cultural causes that you would never choose to support. With Timothy Plan, you can avoid putting your hard-earned money into things you don't approve of and invest in companies that line up with your values. With Timothy Plan's pro-life, pro-family filter, you can invest with moral responsibility while going after competitive returns.
0: welcome back to the ramsey show i'm ken coleman george camel joins me the phone number is triple eight eight two five five two two five and george i look across the studio out into the lobby fabulous young couple looking at us ebullient is the word that comes to mind it's a big word for george what that means is they're glowing
2: thank you for the translation there you
0: go
2: uh it's very exciting
0: and uh, i believe this is steve and maggie is that right
4: that's correct
0: where are you guys from
4: we are from Minneapolis, Minnesota. All right,
0: Woo! and we met you guys earlier today. We know you're here for a debt-free scream. That's so exciting. Let's get the numbers. How much money,
4: uh, how much debt did you pay off? We paid off two hundred. I'm sorry, one hundred and twenty-nine thousand six hundred and ten dollars. Wow! And how long did that take? Just over thirty-nine months. Thirty-nine months, and what were the what was the range of income during that time? We started at around one hundred thirty thousand, mm-hmm. and we got to two hundred and seventeen thousand. Whoa! Woo.
5: What happened?
0: Give me that story.
5: Honestly, just a uh, imp-
2: couple uh,
5: promotions at work, yeah. and uh, yeah,
2: just what, crushing it. What do you guys yeah. do for a living?
5: I'm a customer success manager at a software company.
2: Okay,
4: and I'm a sales manager at a logistics company. Nice. So you guys both contributed to
0: the increase in income? Yes. Did. All right. Awesome. Very awesome. That's good stuff. Okay. So take us to the moment. 39 months ago, and you guys say, we've had it. We're going to take this debt-free journey. What was going on? How did you discover this process of the baby steps?
4: Yeah. I mean, I'll never forget it. Rewind back to 2019. Um, we were dating at the time, and we decided to move out to Denver from Minneapolis and, and start living together. Um, and around that same time, we saw our friends here uh, posted on Facebook the uh, amount that they paid off in their student loans. So my initial reaction was, I wonder what lottery they won, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, reached out and they introduced us to the Ramsey um, you know, plan and everything. So fast forward six months, we had lived together for a while, COVID kicked off and really nothing had changed financially. We both uh, got new jobs. We're making the most money we ever had, um, but we're in the worst financial position we ever had been. So mm-hmm. for me personally, it, it took a lot to just sit down and say, okay, what's not working, right? Figure out if, if there's a cash flow issue or, or, or what's going on. And I figured out that every dollar of my income was going right back out to payments. Wow. I think between all of our debt, it was 11 separate payments every single wow. month. What kind of debt was
0: it?
5: We had student loans and credit cards and cars. Okay, wow. so
0: your your garden variety debt? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Pretty normal. completely
4: normal, right? Sure,
0: sure, sure.
2: Wow. Yeah. Uh, well, you guys are an impressive young couple. How long have you been married now? Coming oh. up on two years. Mm-hmm. So in the middle of all this, you're getting married and, and cash flowing the wedding, I hope? I we assume. cash flowed the wedding. Wow. Did, that, did you make different decisions because of that? Because yeah. of this journey? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I
4: kind of started out by doing this myself, right, and I sold off my brand new car. That was really hard. That's what got cash flow. What was back the car? In. Let us know. A Chevy Malibu, but it was sweet. It was all black. And oh, it was my first new car up? purchase. I didn't yeah. know
0: there were any more sweet Malibus. I'm going to have to look that up. I'll take your word for They're it. They're out there. No judgment.
4: Uh, that was extremely hard for me because I loved my car. But yeah. um, that was the kickstart of it. And then you know, 2020, at the end of 2020, we got engaged and started talking about money together. A so, lot all more. right.
0: So real quick. So, So you're living together mm-hmm. and you come home after talking to friends over here and you go after it. Maggie, are you just kind of like, what
5: is going on? I was not into it. I had a sense. At all. <laughs> yeah.
2: What was your reasoning?
5: I thought that I was doing everything the right way already.
2: Yep. So were you stressed right. about money at this point, or were you just like, "It's fine, we can manage I the payments"? I think she was pretty relaxed about
5: it. I felt pretty relaxed. <laughs>
2: okay, I'm uh, over uh, here sweating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was it because you were handling more of the financial world and you felt the brunt of that, or what?
5: I I just felt like I I spent, but I wasn't overspending and. Everybody has certain loans. So you Everybody just thought, knew, well, this is normal. Yeah.
0: Like so you're waiting. just kind
2: of a low-grade stress making your payments yeah. and you just right. live your life. Yeah.
0: Exactly. So at what point do you, Maggie, go, I'm on board? Was it pre-engagement? Was it post-engagement? What, what What's the story?
5: It was probably around the time of engagement, realizing that we have to be on the same page, whatever plan that is. And he was really... Ready I had, to go. I had so the you, were gazelle, spreadsheets.
4: you were gazelle. You were gazelle intense. I had it all planned out. Showed wow. her when we'd be yeah. done, um, and we knew we had to cash flow that wedding. So that was the kickstart of how do we budget enough so we can save for the wedding while also paying off debt. Nice. Um, and you know we kept things separate up until our marriage, but really work together throughout once, yeah, that first I'm year. curious,
2: once you guys get married and you combine finances, did you get a pep in the step as far as knocking out debt with dual income and really being focused?
5: Yeah, major. We did actually both put our bank accounts onto every dollar. So for about a year leading up to getting married, we were budgeting together even though our bank accounts were separate, which was huge in being transparent. It felt like premarital counseling in itself. Yeah. And from there... Once we got married, I think we combined our bank accounts like two days later, and Whoa. we just went crazy. Yeah,
0: that's, that's awesome.
2: awesome. Yeah, and did it change the, your marriage? Like, is it healthier because you guys had this experience together and you got on the same page, speaking the same language?
5: Absolutely. We still have our budget meetings at least monthly. If we're talking about it every day, every yeah. week, but we sit down, create our budgets every month, and. At the beginning, they were a lot more tearful, (laughs) but now it's easy.
2: Now it's less stress. No payments. There's no debt columns to deal with. pretty streamlined. Wow. So so
0: we got a lot of people listening and watching. What would you both say? Give us your quick anecdote on what the key is to getting debt free from your own perspectives.
4: Yeah, we each picked one. For me personally, I think the key to getting out of debt is starting. As easy as that sounds, I think it's the hardest thing for people to do. Right. Um, For me, it was facing the numbers laying everything out, looking at that pile of debt we had and facing it head on. It was very emotional. I didn't even know how much debt we had, right? So that's step one is really laying it out for yourself and and going along with that as a budget. I mean, you have to have some intentionality there in order to make progress. What about you?
5: Yeah, I would say having a plan and working on it together. No way could we have done this without every dollar and putting every single line item in there, dragging our transactions, though sometimes painful. And doing this together was the biggest piece, being on the same page. I love,
2: oh, it. love it. Let's well,
0: stay in that lane here. What about yeah. your support group? I mean, we obviously know we got a fabulous young couple over there who modeled the way for you, your friends, but what was the support like?
5: You know, I think we were, really were our biggest cheerleaders, each other.
0: Ah, good.
5: So many people have opinions. You know, finances, our personal there's a lot of different Strong schools of opinions. thoughts out there. Mm-hmm. So we knew what we wanted in the end and figured we're gonna stick on that path.
4: Yeah. And our, it worked out for you. Our friends and yeah. family were great though. They were always checking in with us, always, you know, asking about our journey and it, it's awesome.
5: Yeah.
2: That's huge. Well, since every dollar was a big part of your life, we also have a gift for you. We have two every dollar premiums. So one you can use for yourselves and you won't have to pay for the upgrade if you already have it. And another one you can give away and tell someone else, hey, I believe in your journey. Here you go. This is the tool that helped us do it. That's awesome. Thank you.
0: Fantastic. I absolutely love it. Uh, I got to ask, now you stand here. You guys have been married how long? Almost two years. Almost two years in May. Yeah. So, I mean, I still think that's a newlywed. It is. All right, it is. It's great. And, and you guys have the rest of your life in front of you. Have you allowed your brain to start to compute and begin to dream now that you've reached this milestone? And if you have, what, what do you feel comfortable sharing about the future that you can now do?
5: Yeah. I mean, we, we really haven't slowed down. As soon as we finished paying off of our debt, we built up our emergency fund, and now we're on 3B building down up our payment. down payment. Come on. So it's been really fun working together on that and knowing how quickly we I can come it. up with cash because we don't have to you worry can. about those other yeah. payments.
0: And you guys are going to be millionaires before you know it. Yeah. Well, and that's Telling the thing.
5: You. We we use the Ramsey Plus to look at the network calculator Yeah. and we were just like...
0: Freaking wow. out. Let's do it. That's
5: crazy. Right, yeah. you, guys, you
0: guys ready to celebrate? Let's do yeah. it. All right, folks. We got Steve and Maggie from Minneapolis. They paid off $129,000 in 39 months, making one hundred thirty dollars to $217,000. Take it away. Let's hear your debt free scream.
4: Three, two, one.
0: We're, We're debt free! We yeah! Steve and Maggie. How about that? young young couple, they have their entire life in front of them. I love that part. She's like, we looked ahead on the investment calculator. That's where it gets exciting. Building for the future instead of paying for the past. This is The Ramsey Show. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm Ken Coleman. George Campbell is with me. The phone number is 888-825-5225. Our scripture of the day comes from 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 through 2. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. And our quote from our third U.S. president on this President's Day, who is that, George? Who's the third president? That's my boy, TJ. All right, very good. In matters of style, swim with the current. In matters of principle, stand like a rock, that's a good one, George. Wow, that's a good one. I bet it, I bet Tommy had some style. I think he did. I think he would have wore the sweater. Now yeah. that's quite the claim. I, you know, look, this is not going to be in five years from now, George. So at that point, I have to probably give it
2: to Goodwill. Uh, I think the wigs they wore—they don't—that didn't hold up either, as far as style goes. I don't think so.
0: No, the, all the powder, so much powder in the heat. I think of Philadelphia mid-o-summer with those little shoes they had to wear? The stockings, the wood shoes. I'm out. It's a tough time. (laughs) I'll I'll take some Dr. (laughs) Scholls over that. Oh, that's funny. That's a tough time to be alive, folks. Oh, I'm so grateful for good shoes. Daniel's up in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Daniel, how can we help?
6: Hey, fellas. Thank you so much for taking my call. I appreciate you all. You bet. What's up? Well, first off, I just want to let you know I'm at a Chick-fil-A playroom with my kiddo. It's just us two, but you might... You're my kiddo in the back. of oh,
0: We love that. I had three kids. Good for you, Dad. No problem. Thank we you. don't care if the kid screams. We can handle it.
6: Okay. Good. Okay. Good. <laughs> um, so, my question is: uh, for about the past year, I've been working three jobs, um, trying to support my uh, my family. My wife takes care of the kiddo the majority of the time. Mm-hmm. It's President's Day, so I get the day off to hang out with. Um, our daughter Good. and, um, uh, for about the first six months of me working as many jobs as I have been, again, it was like paycheck to paycheck. That was the reason I started working the extra two jobs and that continued, um, a little late into the last year, we printed off a budget thing. Cause we just knew that something wasn't right. We didn't have to keep living like this. Um, and so we were able to pay off quite a bit of our debt, uh, I'd say about $18,000. Um, we have about 5000 more. And my question is, I'm just trying to figure out when is the time I'm able to slow down a little bit and start working two instead of the three jobs, because I feel like unless there's a holiday or a quick break, I'm not able to, to spend the time with them like I would like to.
2: What are you making from your full time job?
6: Uh, 48. So I take home about 14.
2: What do you mean, take home 14?
6: 14 every two weeks, I'm sorry. Oh, got
2: okay, it. 1400. Got it. Got it. All right. Yeah. So about 2,800 a month is what you're taking home. What are the, the other yeah. two jobs bringing in every month? Take home.
6: So I'm a bartender on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and it's hard to determine how much I'm getting because um, it does change but I average it uh, on the low end of about $400 um, every week. And every two weeks on that, I get a $300 check.
2: Okay, so about 600 per month net? Yeah. All right, and what's the third job?
6: I'm a janitor, and I make 166 a week.
2: And is that the least amount of your time spent, I'm guessing?
6: Yes, it's about... Seven hours a week.
2: Okay, but it's about the same as your bartending gig. You're still making about six hundred dollars net. Right. I'm just wondering if you cut one based on what average. would give you the most time back. Which one would you cut?
6: The most time back, I would keep the janitor position. Um, financially, I would make quite a bit more bartending. Um, like I said, the four hundred a week is, is is for sure on the low end, the slow season. So, but the hours are crazy. Yeah, I work about 21 hours. Um, How does this the thing is on? Sorry.
0: I'm sorry. Go ahead.
6: Uh, so the janitor position is Monday through Friday. So I don't really see them at all throughout the week. Um, I leave one job, go to the gym so I can get a second of me time. And then I go work that position. And then by then my kid is asleep. Um, the Thursday, Friday, Saturday does eat up my weekend, but I do get um, the weekdays if I were to leave one of them.
2: Well, this is going to, it's going to slow down your debt payoff, but I'm okay with slowing it down by a few months. It sounds is yeah. is your wife, like, Hey, listen, you don't exist.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: And this is putting a strain on me.
6: I yeah, I can see it. Um, they're very supportive, um, but I can see it. Yeah.
2: How long have you been on this debt-free journey? How long have you been intense about it? Paying this down?
6: Um, so I've been intense about working. Um, for about a year now, um, as far as trying to pay off debt for about four or five months. And as far as listening to you all, I've been listening for about six weeks now. I heard you on the, um, how to money podcast, podcast, George. And Oh
2: yeah. Those guys are awesome. Got
6: obsessed after that. Yeah.
2: Thank you. How about that? Great guys out of Atlanta. So here's the thing. If this is going to be another three months, I think we can stick it out. If this is going to be a year and it's going to extend it by a few months if we slow down, I'm okay with that. But the deal is, have a goal and stick to it and just be in communication with your spouse, constant communication. Hey, how are we doing this week? Do I need to take a shift off? Do you need a break? All that kind of stuff. But it sounds like you'll be done with this regardless within the next six months. It's only 5K left.
6: Six grand left. Um, So, because I've heard. You all say the gazelle intense um, until you get to baby step four.
2: And so I was just thinking... That's when you go from intense to intentional.
6: Emergency fund right, to get to intentional. The right? bigger
2: so thing is your, your full-time income needs to come up if, if you're going to be the only income in the household. Right. And yeah. so long-term, I want you to have the margin to still invest 15% and put money away for those kiddos college and yep. pay off the house early. All of those still need to be goals you have. What's
0: the professional future look like? What, what would you like to be doing, Daniel? Let's assuming we're just doing one job, we're debt-free, we're in at 456, right. we're rocking and rolling. What do you want to be doing?
6: So right now, um, I'm a resource navigator for a nonprofit that helps justice-involved people um, navigate the system uh, to get benefits and things like this. But I am, I was told that uh, I should be getting a promotion soon, um, for a uh, employment specialist, which would raise the income about seven thousand. Okay, but um, but
0: what's your long term? Is that the world you want to be in—that nonprofit world and helping folks and get placed and all that? Is that your your ministry kind of focus?
6: Uh, yeah, it's it just from lived experience. Um, when I was twenty-four, I actually went to prison, um, so it's it does speak a lot to me for me to be able to to work in that field. It doesn't seem you. like yeah it didn't seem like when I got out that I would be able to do anything other than work in kitchens, which was a long time of of where I was at um, but now so you know that's not true that's not true so I had such imposter syndrome for so long
0: yeah um, uh, here's the deal I, I want to give you my get clear career assessment and my book from paycheck to purpose is my gift because I want you to dig a little deeper on that. I think you've proved to a lot of people and I think you'll continue to prove and you'll you'll have to you know you have a different standard because of your bat your past but which is right. unfortunate. I don't think that's deserved. Uh, but um, I, I want you to think about what it looks like to um, to grow your income over the next three to five years. Right. Really grow okay. it and still do work that you love. Now, here's the deal. The the the, the assessment in the book will help you that. But, George, I want to jump in real quick. We only got a minute here. We got 30 seconds with you, Daniel. I think there are levels of gazelle intensity, and I think when you've got a wife who's going, I don't think I can stretch this much longer on this kind of schedule and not see you, and it's just really hurting. I think gazelle is different for George than it is for me.
2: Is that fair, well, that's George? That's fair. And I think we need to probably well, dial stages back. of life, some people when they're single, I'm like, go work 90 hours. Yeah. When you got kids and a yeah. wife, it's a different situation. Yeah, so
0: I, I would probably... I, I'm gonna say, don't try to hang on for three more months. Not the way it sounds.
2: I'm not in I'd any way disagree with you. And I would see too. where things are at and cut do one. the math of how how is it gonna slow yeah. it. Okay, it's gonna slow it down by two months. Yeah, I, I like that. So I think that's the move, Daniel. Yeah.
0: Choose your family in this situation. You're not gonna regret that. You can always go back and get the third job or whatever. But I, I'd pull back and let's breathe a little bit. You're crushing it. I don't have any doubts. You guys are gonna win big. So hang on the line. We'll get you those gifts. Appreciate you, Danny. You're a good man. Now enjoy the play area of Chick fil A with mm, your I'm dog. getting hungry. Yeah, he's a nugget or two. Beats hey, good show. A rat. Yeah, beats a rat, I'll tell you that. George Campbell, great show. Thanks, One of Thanks Cam. to the guys, Austin, for filling in for James Childs. Thank you, and thank you, America. This is The Ramsey Show.